0: Welcome to The Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth
1: what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of the lion's den i'm your host Seth, and i just want to welcome you welcome you welcome you and we just had a off the script uh off topic conversation about small wins and larry was in the midst of uh telling us about his small win for this weekend go ahead brother go ahead uh, go ahead yeah. hey,
2: my small win was ordering me some books man I'm trying to grow my mind my brain and all that and putting together <laughs> My son's basketball
1: hoop. Okay. I don't now. Know
2: who from. was from? Oh. I just put together today. Okay.
1: Okay. Wait. No. 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 Because see. No. <laughs> now listen. Now. Now look. The rest of the world needs to know. Now. When did you? When did you get him that basketball hoop? Hey,
2: hey man. We got it somewhere around Christmas time. Around when? around Christmas
1: time. So, now, I said this before, but I want everybody to know, night. so I would have been mad to sell. I probably would have want to kick you in your sleep. So I'm watching this. I'm seeing my gift up against the wall all year, and you mad, right? And just being lazy, don't want to put it up. Why would you... And then, it's about to come around again. What are you doing, bruh? Hey, man, that thing, is too many parts. <laughs> I forgot all about it. I got a question,
2: man. <laughs> I pulled it, it out, and he was shocked. He's like, y'all just bought me this? I'm like, you <laughs> yeah.
0: Hold on. Is it, is it, is it, is it
3: your son? Was it your son's birthday or
2: something? No, because it wasn't
3: smart. You got it for him for Christmas, but put together on his birthday. That's the gift. Gift they keep on giving.
2: See, I was looking for that that gift where the dude was like this man. I was going, to it, but I couldn't find it. I was smart with it, you know, man. We we saved it for a, a later time to open it up because we just knew he was going to be quarantined four months later.
0: Mm. Right. <laughs> mm, mm,
1: mm. oh okay oh of like that. right okay. okay okay wait well look we we, we could dig that we could dig that so um let me see i got uh my man's will he's on the way in he's uh having some technical difficulties but look everybody that's there i want y'all to uh know yes this is the lion's den and we want to welcome y'all and hey send us your comments it's all good we can all see them now real time and it, it just it's just a good time right i believe that it's a great time in um in the world even though we're in a bad situation we're still you know we're still able to connect will what's going on brother
4: What's going
1: on, brother? No, oh, nothing much, bro. So, welcome, welcome, man. We was just talking about the uh, about our small wins. Tell me about your weekend, man. How was your weekend? Hey,
4: I'm COVID free and so is the family. So praise Jesus and them.
1: Oh, and them. <laughs> I feel <laughs> you.
4: <laughs> Keeping it cool. Just finding ways to make our minds stronger. Working with the kid one on one and praying to God. These teachers quit sending it down home all this homework. Oh my <laughs> <I know>.
3: god, <laughs> bro! Oh, wow. like
1: you know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. So look, look, this homework is is a whole different type of stupid, in my opinion, bro. We got to go through all these different, all these different uh, extra rules to do all this stuff that doesn't make sense. It's like you got to go around the corner just to, you get what I'm saying? Just to get to carrying the bro. one. Y'all, y'all been dealing with that,
3: bro. So the problem, the problem I have with it, man, is. My kids used to ask me for help on their homework before, right? Mm-hmm. And I would tell them, man, y'all better copy off the other kids like I do. You know what I mean? Don't come ask me. <laughs> <laughs> and so now all of a sudden, <laughs> there's no other kids to copy off of, man. What, what the hell are we supposed to do?
0: Bro. You know what I mean? What are you
1: supposed to do? Man, <laughs> man listen. No, man. <laughs> hey you, you know yeah yeah math done change i'll tell you this though bro i ain't gonna lie man my daughter was asking me for some help and i'm like yeah i got it too easy it started coming into some you know freaky division right. bro hey i said you know what maybe youtube can teach you better you feel me right. so i went to youtube because i had to learn it again myself i'm like damn it how you you know what i'm saying bro come on now we did have been out of school for over 20 years damn near you dig what i'm saying and, and stuff is different you know what I mean?
2: Wait,
1: what? What you say? What you say, Larry? I said
2: why we can't just add the normal way we add and subtract, man. Why we got to do all these and hundreds and all this other stuff? That's
1: going on? <laughs> yeah, it's it normal. is. It's it's an issue, bro. It's crazy. It's an issue. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, and those that are uh, on the uh, on live right now, I do want to thank y'all for being on. But before we go into our topic, I want to give a huge, huge thank you okay for those of you that donated to uh, our boy Nathan Jackson okay so if y'all don't know he had a um his family house was devastated in a uh, tornado in Chattanooga Tennessee and luckily no one was hurt but they were still able to you know well put it like this they had insurance okay have insurance however what anything that we can give always help cuz you never know what type of added expense and so we're just running this one more time this one more time uh as, as far as a campaign and uh, this campaign if you want to give you can look down below you can donate to the Jackson family you can go to Lions Cast, all right on Cash app and trust me hey it's not a ponzi scheme it's not like you put your money in and then we're going to now. OK, <laughs> listen, after tomorrow, we to give it, it mad. Hey, whatever. You know, it is what it is. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's a pyramid scheme. Stop fun. But hey, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But back to the subject, if, if it's if you are led to give, we do appreciate it. Seriously, we really, really do, because um, no one can ask for this or or you can't expect you know things like that to happen so again if y'all want to give cool all right hey so we're waiting on uh, Mr. Simmons to come back on right the retired Chief Master Sergeant Simmons but hey speaking of that um, of that uh, cash app loop what what y'all think about that I
2: don't have it
1: you you, did you hey Will I see your face bro tell me what, what you think about it
4: it doesn't exist.
1: What doesn't exist?
4: Ain't nothing free in this world. I don't care who it is.
1: <laughs> you say you ain't don't care free. who it is. Ain't nothing free.
3: Ain't nothing free in this world, man.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's stress. hmm Herm, what you think
3: about that? About that joint. Hey man, I don't know what we we're talking about, man. Hey, I got a card. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ain't gonna know any other people on there. My name just happened to be in the middle of it. If y'all are ready to make some money, man hit me up. You know what I'm saying? I got you guys, man. You might be able to get a little bit of paper in the end, but at least i get paid.
1: You're <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Right. So, yeah. Hey, Larry, have you seen any of that information, brother?
2: Um, um,
3: what was it? Cash App?
1: Yeah, it's a Cash App uh, kind of. It's it's a scheme. Pretty much it's a pyramid scheme.
3: Oh, I haven't put seen your it name in that. Yeah, you put your name in the little triangle boxes. Yeah, you oh, ain't... No, I... Is that on Facebook or something? Bro, it's, it's
1: everywhere.
2: everywhere. Oh, I ain't seen it. everywhere. I was
1: it's, talking about,
2: somebody had it where it say jail or something like that. I don't know what that was until y'all just it up. Yeah. i a seen the thing floating around, but it didn't, I ain't know, I don't, I don't pay attention. Right. I'm, not, I'm out
3: of the group on that.
1: Okay. All right.
3: Tire command chief, master sergeant, Mr. Todd Simmons, who is now the CEO and founder of the Courageous Leadership Alliance. And he's here to talk to us a little bit about leadership and what it takes become one
5: yeah
1: welcome brother brother yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we got to get you know we, we want to we got to set the stage on right we got to set the stage right so but again man thank you for those uh, uh those uh those words though seriously i really do appreciate it but today it's about you man i want to thank you for getting on you know getting in this circle of uh of men and getting ready to get bit you know what i'm saying and uh we're gonna have a good time we're gonna have a real good time so um so let's talk about first man 25 years
5: 25 years seven months four days six to ten hours man
1: if you don't stop bro Wow. Yeah, that's a long time, man. So tell me, how how was your journey, though? How was your journey?
5: Man, my journey was great. And and honestly, I can't I can't say a negative thing because any any negative or any barrier that I've uh, encountered in my 25 year journey, man, has been overcome by tenfold of positive things. So, man, it's been great for me. um, You know, like many, many many kids who come into the airport, man, you know, same story, man, for the majority of them. You know looking and searching for something so for me coming from a small town man and, and searching for something i found it in the air force and it gave me an opportunity man to be honestly to be sitting here with you today so i can never ever ever um because the way i view it man you know people say you know i had a bad time i view it as an opportunity that only i could have made one or two choices would take advantage of it or not mm. and, and, and i took advantage of the opportunities man because i you know i always tell people man I didn't grow up with much, and I came into the Air Force, and I didn't have any uh, silver spoon or anything. But the one thing that was that, that each of us who have joined the military have had 18, 19, whatever years, old, was an equalizer, man. If you come in and you can kind of It gonna be, it ain't, gonna be it ain't gonna be easy. I ain't gonna sit here and say I had an easy time, man. I face I face issues that everybody else faces, man. I face you know, at some points, you know, discrimination, or I face. You know, people trying to hold you back, or, or people trying to push you forward, or I faced all the barriers or whatever. So, but I got through it, man. And but but it was a great ride, great ride for me, great ride for my family. I can't, I can, uh, I pinch myself every day, man. I mean, we all young, bro. You're a young, you're a young man,
0: mm-hmm.
5: and you get to, you get to start a second chapter with purpose,
0: mm-hmm.
5: based on having some security from your first chapter. So you can't
1: beat that, man. Right. Right, right. I can dig that. I can dig it. So, I mean, in leadership, leadership, there's so many different ways that you can categorize or say what leadership truly is. And so us in the Lions, then we pride ourselves on being leaders in our own right. Okay, our main focus is leadership, growth and development. And I think that's uh, it's fitting for not just what we're trying to do, but the fact that you are here. So what would you say? is your own definition of leadership? I
5: would say it's real, authentic, vulnerable, empathetic, human centered leaders, leadership, man. And what I mean by that is be the person that you are, man, regardless if you have this uniform or not, you know, we use little cliches like treat people like you want to be treated or remember where you come from. All of those are great, but it's about waking up every day, man. And don't lose yourself in any of the, other press clips that you're reading about yourself don't lose yourself that you may not have had a meal as a kid and now you can eat and now you forget about what it feels like to be hungry don't lose yourself in anything always every day remember man that you came from somewhere and that everybody else behind you is trying to get there too so leadership for me is any success of mine I got to go back and turn around say how can I take everybody who's trying to run with me with me that's, that's leadership, man. And that's the way you treat people every day. That's the way you talk to people. That's the way you spend five, 10, 20 seconds with people or 10 minutes or 10 days. That's the relationship that you build. It can't be built off of this, this mechanism of, I'm a mass sergeant, you're an airman. So I can't holler at you on a human-centered uh, you know, approach because, man, I'm here and you're here. When you get into and that's just not military, that's anywhere, man, that's, that's corporate or that's military. Leadership for me is showing up every day being a human being. And, and, and you know, we all fail at things. And I can say, I failed at that a couple of times in 25 years, you can't be perfect at, at everything or nothing. I'm, I'm perfect at nothing. I try hard at everything. So for me, showing up every day, trying to treat everybody as a human, trying to know what your ambitions are. If you were my troop as an airman, I want to know what you want to do in your life. You know, the military is going to to happen. I want to know what you want to do in your life. So for me, leadership is being a human being, never forgetting all those things I just said. All around crazy definition I just gave you, but I don't have no Webster's Dictionary. It's about showing up and being just a person, man. And for me, taking off that uniform at 25 years, I should be no different because I had those stripes and that star behind me than the day that I now have to wear this button-up shirt. I should be no different. I should be the same person that you have encountered same person
1: so that's what leadership is for me right on right on okay go ahead herm what you got brother
3: so todd you, you mentioned that um that being authentic right yeah i think that's important too but that's that's saying like if everybody was born you know what i'm saying to actually be a good person you know what i'm saying you know the air force when corporate world i'm sure same way People come from all different uh, walks of life. So what do you say to the person that maybe authentically they're not a good person and not a good leader? How do you help mold that person?
5: Well, I'm just going to be frank. I mean, how do you mold? You got to get. So, look, not everybody is going to be uh, CEO. Not everybody's going to be vice president. Not everybody going to be this thing. You know, so when you tell people, you say, how do you mold people? You try to make people the best version of themselves. So regardless of we're talking about military or corporate America, it's about talent management. And when I talk about talent management, I'm saying, you know, people who have certain characteristics of how they interact with people, we can call them soft skills or whatever, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to rise in a leadership position or wherever it's at. So, how do I cultivate that? It's accountability. You were right. Every 18 year old Ty Simmons is not the same person that he was at probably 25 years old. Because at 18 years old, man, I was a little rough around the edge, kid, man. I didn't trust nobody. My responses to people was a little bit different. You probably would have called me some words that, uh, you know, people probably viewed me and they probably viewed me and probably said, thug or whatever they wanted to view me as 18 years old. But, you know, I I didn't come, I didn't have a lot of, uh, my mom was a great mom, but I didn't have a lot of male figures, except my, you know, a few folks, but I didn't have a lot of refinement in how to handle situations outside of my my, my uh, environment. But I will tell people, if you're willing to learn, um, you gotta be willing to educate people also. So, you know, as, as 25-year-old Simmons became, a 22-year-old Simmons became a little bit more educated, and we talked about somebody, just a minute, Herman, and I ain't gonna embarrass him, but, but we just talked about one person we both know. Man, when I met that kid, that kid was a hard head Brooklyn, New York kid, man. And look how successful he is today because he was willing to learn. He was willing to know what gaps he had, know that, man, I need to fill these gaps up a little bit. But, you know, for those of us who get the information, for those of us who can look back and say, man, I changed. And, you know, that, you know, I can still keep it real, but I can still be a person who understands how this world works. we got to be willing to to force feed that information to everybody behind us. And not everybody's going to take it. Not everybody's going to take it. But you can't give up on it. If if this is just a military leader subordinate thing, then it's the same thing. You gotta constantly, your charge for two years, if that's your truth, is to make that person the best they can, and make the person the best they can. You gotta give you gotta man, you gotta beat your head up against the wall. You gotta tell them all the information. You gotta you gotta lead them to water. But at the end of two years, man, guess what? You gotta make a decision if that person is not ready to be a person who is gonna lead other human beings. Then you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta man up. You gotta woman up and say, "Hey, bro, you you ain't getting promoted, if that's corporate or military. You ain't ready yet for this. Because what the worst thing you can do is put people who are not ready to be good humans over other human beings, because they may be technically proficient. You know, you got to You gotta. I mean, you just gotta own up to it. So what do I say to people who ain't ready to be authentic? then, okay, well, we got a place for you. You might not be in a position to lead other people yet, but we got a place for you. If you're good at your job, then be good at your job. But, you know, we got to work on you a little bit more. But, but, but that's what we got to get back to is accountability in the world. This ain't, you know, military-centric, but in the world of holding people accountable for how we treat each other and holding people accountable that when you make it, it ain't your success solely on your own. When you make it somewhere to another level, your responsibility at that point, for me mentally, like how I visualize it is when I make staff, all right, I gotta figure out how my A1Cs make staff now. I gotta start grooming them up to make BTZ and I gotta start making my senior Airman staff sergeant. When I make chief, when I made chief, I'm trying to figure out what masters that I'm trying to make chiefs now, you know, like because who, who run it, who got it, who, 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 who I'm investing myself into to make them come forward. So it just has to be a holistic view of, man, you're talking about um, people um, not being able to lead or not being able to um, be authentic. I mean, that's, that's, that's our job to teach when, we, when we're in a position to teach, man. So my, my, my thing to them will be, you either, you either got to get on this train of how you treat people. One thing I would not tolerate is another human being treating another human being um, incorrectly. I don't care how talented you are in your job if you can't lead people effectively and you, I, I i mean i just got nothing for you because you're going to damage people for the long term hey brother,
1: hey brother you you see that question below i see it yeah
5: you say, how do, you know, someone, i don't know if you want me to okay you want me to go ahead and, yeah yeah go ahead yeah all right, how do we get back to a culture of not being um of not being promoted is okay mm-hmm. how do we get back to a culture?
1: But my question is Was that ever a time you see what i'm saying because if you think about it this is such a in my opinion in my humble opinion and fellas y'all can chime in if you think but um i believe that we in in this organization we talk out of both sides of our mouths okay we say hey we're all in this together we're all in this together trust me we're all in this together and to an extent we are right when you go to war when we deploy whatever at the same time based off your organization it becomes a eat dog eat you get what i mean so uh, how can we or is there a such thing as going back to that uh culture
5: well, well i think yes and no i think i know i know what the question i i get what they're saying um yeah i get what they're saying so you know i came up a different time you know i i was in when i came in you know promotions were different right my my first supervisor was you know senior at seven or eight years and already graduated ALS and was a, a phenomenal supervisor. One of my first supervisors, a couple of my first supervisors, were senior airmen. You, know, uh, you know, you know, you fast forward. A couple of my supervisors after that were 14, 15, 16 year staff sergeants. But that was that was pretty common because of the promotion race, because of the environment of how we promoted people. They were they were very experienced junior NCOs. And I will tell you, cause I'm 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 the recipient of that. I'll just be honest, if we're talking, you know, military promotion talk, you know, 1997, 98, when the promotion rates uh, started to increase, I'm one of the first people that rode that wave. I made staff my first time um, when it wasn't a time where people made old oh, staff that often because promotion rates were, you had to score over a hundred. So I was one of the first classes of people that, you know, rode that promotion rate wave up. What I will say, not rode it, but, It was easier for my generation starting with me to get promoted quicker and it just you know we increased that over time where staff became a little bit not easier but the promotion rates increased and all these different things so when you got a larger pool in my opinion this is in fact i know some of my friends are watching and they're going to eat me up uh here in a second it'll be
1: all right (laughs) yeah
5: but this is in fact this is in my opinion because we became a culture of things not, and I don't like the word easier, but it was more opportunities to get promoted quicker that it became kind of a cultural expectation that you get promoted, right? So you almost started looking at the people who didn't get promoted of why you didn't get promoted because the promotion rate was in the 60s at some point for Staff Sergeant. So because we have done that for almost 15 years now, it is a culture and I don't think it's, I don't think it was something that was uh, intentionally done to say that you know now everybody wants to get promoted. Then you got you can put other things in there, stratification, all these different competitive categories of things that you put in there that have made people compete against each other. Um, how do we get back to a culture? I, I'll just be honest. I, I you know the one thing I'll tell people that I will not do till the day they put me six feet under is you know I served 25 years in the Air Force. I had a great opportunity to make a lot of great and a lot of bad decisions as a leader. What I won't do is I want Monday morning quarterback the decisions that our leaders make now that I'm not in uniform because I've been in those rooms, I've gotten it right, I've gotten it wrong, I've gotten it okay. So, you know, and and without me having all the information, but since I'm kind of fresh out, and I'll just tell you my opinion as a senior, a former senior NCO, you know, there are some things we have to lower probably, um, in my opinion, if I was king for a day, I would look at do we need stratification? Do we need all these competitive things that pit people against each other to get promoted? Or do we need to just promote people off of what your records, what your criteria is, your 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 job performance? Do we need a number? Because as a former command chief, you know, that's that process is essentially governed wing by wing. I won't say it's no it's not a wild, wild west, it's not, but it it is it is pretty subjective. Um, so, you know, when, when our folks believe that they have to go out of their way, go out of their way to do things that are not naturally in their psyche to do. Um, and if you want to sit here and be a a master, and take care of your people all day, you know, and you want all your folks to be successful and that's what you do, you grind up in your unit. I want me personally as a chief, that's what I want you to do. I kind of really want you to do that. But in some systems, if you're not out front, that may be negative to you making it to the next. You know, if no one knows that you're out there invisible, being this person, then that can be perceived sometime. I'm just telling you what, what folks have told me, it can be perceived as negative. And, and that's the wrong message. So we shouldn't want people to want to leave the opportunity to lead their people to think that they have to be outside of their organization doing all of these things. When the priority is to be inside of your organization, leading the people, especially at a senior NCO rank, and making the organization successful, making your people succession successful, making the mission successful—that's just my opinion, right? I, I, and that's for based on my own experience. Mm-hmm. I as a master sergeant had to make that same decision, and sometimes I made a decision that that I felt that was detrimental to my career because I chose not to do these things at the time in that era that people were telling me that would get me promoted. You need to go do these X, Y things. But at the time, I was in charge of 35 people as a master sergeant where I felt like my time as someone who works shift work at night was needs to be invested in my people. And it probably did, it didn't cost me, I retired as a chief, But, but at the time, I did walk around thinking, man, am I making the right choice? Should I sacrifice more time away from my family or more time away from my troops to go do this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. And it became a hard decision. And and, and I think it's still today is a hard decision for some of our folks in uniform. Do they go do these things and not Participate in what maybe we were there needed? So.
1: Hey, hey, hold on, Todd. Hey, real quick, brother, because we're on a roll and we I want to get to some of these questions. But, okay. but, but, but before I do, ladies and gentlemen, we always, 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 always have to give a shout out to our sponsors and we're going to talk about Kevlar's Grill. You better act like you know about Kevlar's Grill. As a matter of fact, if you don't know, you're about to know in one second because I'm going to show you how good the food is all right feast your eyes check this out all right so they got the macaroni and cheese i don't know if y'all know this or not but i am a macaroni and cheese king okay and they got the steaks and they got the healthy foods and all of that so make sure you check them out okay their number is 618-416-5700 all right they're inside the vfw located at scott air force base vfw post 4183 okay and again, they do the Grubhub. Check them out. Kevlar's Grill, as you can tell. And as you can see, you can order right now. The food is
0: amazing. So special shout out to Kevlar's Grill. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. The Lions Den podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. All right, so welcome back, everybody. Welcome,
1: welcome. Hopefully, y'all can dig and y'all having a good old time. So, Mr. Simmons, listen, you 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 got fired up okay you I, got fired up it, yeah, it, 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 it know, it's okay it's okay <laughs> hey, hey, but but you know what it's good because a what they don't know is that you know we, we we feeling it we we need it and there's other individuals that need to hear this okay so what we're going to do is uh we're going to transition to a couple of the comments i just want to post them up for you okay. um let's see miss nina sky said this when you have those that reach the highest rank of chief why is it that it's harder for fellow chiefs to be transparent and honest with them when they're uh, mistreating those below them? You should be able to tell that a fellow chief, uh, tell a fellow chief that the same thing you'll be able to tell a A1C or staff sergeant. Do you agree with that?
5: Janita's question, I you know everybody, everybody is based on your experience, and I'm not sitting here to be a chief master or a defender or a defender. Um, of anyone, but I will tell you that goes back to building leaders who are able at all levels. I mean, I see it at all levels, but even as chiefs, I, 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 I have I witnessed what you have said, Nina. Absolutely, at all levels, including chief mass surgeon. But we have to build leaders. Number one, who are willing. To make the tough calls not when they're chiefs but when they're staff artists, and we need to hold them accountable to that all the way up to the ranks mm-hmm. because if you don't hold them accountable as staffs techs masters and seniors then i don't know what you're going to expect it's no magic bullet when you make chief that says all of a sudden you are a chief and all of these things are just ah you know materializes into your brain it's about growing leaders who are those leaders who are not afraid to have feedback who are not to tell people what because this is the thing I grew up as a defender, and, and and people, you know, when I tell people, you know, I teach a lot about empathetic leadership, right? And I always thought I was, you know, pretty empathetic, but on the other end, I was also tough, and I don't believe that if I go back to a lot of those people, Herman, you and I just talked about one. If you go back to that individual and, and, and ask him one question, was, was, was Master Sergeant Simmons or Staff Sergeant Simmons tough on him, he's going to be like, absolutely, but that's one of my closest friends to this day, and it always has been, but... It wasn't about, toughness doesn't have to be weakness. Toughness is love, man, and the toughness doesn't have to be derogatory where you're demeaning people. Toughness is love where you're telling, you have to make them believe you that, man, I'm trying to get you here. Man, this is love, I'm trying to get you here. What you're doing today ain't right. What you, you know, how you coming in in here ain't right. How you are not preparing yourself for the future ain't right. So, you know, when you don't grow leaders um, early, that can look someone in the eye and give them that kind of tough feedback, tough love, then that's what you're gonna get on the other end, and corporate, military, whatever. So for me, um, I'll just be honest with you, and you gotta be be willing to not make friends. I wanna be friends with everyone, but I'm friends with not a lot of people. And when I say friends, because when you're in a leadership position, you gotta tell people stuff that they don't wanna hear. Uh Some of those people, are going to go, I appreciate that. Thank you. You helped me out. And some of those people gonna think you're the worst person I ever walked the earth. And and that's you gotta you gotta you gotta be okay with both of those.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, hey so Um, We're going to transition to your book. All right. We're going to transition real smooth over to your book and just we're going to be quick with it. You know, what I mean, don't don't act bashful, you know, because that's what we're going to do. But uh, Larry, he he got some uh, he got some questions. Larry got some questions on this. What you got, Larry?
2: Yeah. So there's a couple there's a lot of things I found in the book interesting, but there's just a few things I'll touch on just due to time. So one of the things that I picked up on, and we've had this discussion many times amongst ourselves, but now that you're here and you wrote it in your book, let's get your opinion on this. Part of being a leader is knowing your why. All right. You talked about how you look in the mirror and you gave yourself some, some, uh, some words, or sometimes you would just look and, and give you look at that reflection for a couple of seconds before you hit the door and started, you know, doing your, your business as usual, uh, as far as getting your day started. So
5: what is your what is your what is your uh, for those that are listening? Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Knowing your why, man. I mean, you know, knowing your why, knowing your purpose, you know, you know, Simon Sings talks about, you know, knowing your why David Goggins talks about accountability, mayor, all these different people out there talk about this. It's no new information. What it is, is every one of us have to find a way to center ourselves. Right. And for me, you know, I know we can do a whole nother show on Milton Hope. And and stuff, but I went through some significant mental health challenges early in my career, and at the middle point in my career, and toward you know the last thirty percent of my career. So I had some I had some things that I had to deal with, right? So I will tell you, I've always been a, a person who's been searching on who is Todd Simmons, who is Todd Simmons, and through I'm telling you through some 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 help through some help that people have helped me out. You know, I had to get myself to do certain things every day to recenter myself, and that's one of the one thing. So um, for me, you know that's finding who I am every day. That's recentering myself because you can get in a place and we all do. And it doesn't have to be a mental health issue. It's just who we are as humans. You know, sometimes we, we doubt ourselves, right? We tell ourselves that maybe that's not for me or subconsciously you're tell yourself that you can't achieve something is maybe something from 40 years ago or when you were a kid or you were see something like, you know, Steph has a, you know, a, a, a talk show or a podcast and a book and he's doing all these things. And you guys are, supporting him, but something I'm sure at some point in Seth's journey probably has some self doubt about, oh, man, is this going to work? We, But you have to find that purpose. Every morning I get up, I look in the mirror and I either tell myself I'm a bad mf'er. I tell myself that, you know what, you got this. Or I tell myself, look, you know what, it's going to be hard, man, but you got this. Because there are times in your life, man, where things are going to be tough and you got to refine your why, you got to find your purpose. For me, my purpose is to keep moving forward, 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 never back, just forward. So I got to get up every morning and start my day like that, man. If I don't, then I let things creep in my head that, that shouldn't be there.
1: Mm. So no, as you right can you see, you got your, uh, hey, thanks for that, Larry. So you got a question down there. What are a few nuggets that you can provide about the preparation for a corporate world? All right, that's slightly different from the military construct?
5: Man, oh, that's a great question. That's Keith the man. I, I know Keith for, for a while now. He's down at uh, Lackland doing great things in BMT. But uh, I will tell you, you know, I'll, I'll give you a little story real fast. I know I, my story, you know, I'm, I'm, we're going long here, but for me, I, I did a I did a Facebook Live with Quarantine University on military transition, and someone asked me a similar question about how was my transition, and I, and I I was honest with him. I, you know, other than 45 days of me just trying to figure out, you know, man, this whole new norm of not putting a uniform on, my transition was pretty good. It's because I spent about the last 17 years having two lives essentially. I was a military member, trying to do the best I can with that, but I also was a, you know, very steeped into what my passion and purpose was in civilian life, teaching college, you know, um, doing all of those things that that kept me really focused on the, the two parallels. So when I transitioned, it was an easy transition for me to do the thing that I, actually, I absolutely loved for the last 15 to 17 years in uniform, it just was another love. So corporate world, man, is different, man, according to where you go. I mean, I will tell you, um, regardless if you're a chief, a master or whatever, or a senior I mean, who gets at it four years, that, you know, people are, you know, one thing I learned, because I work with two corporate companies right now on organizational culture, and one company I went to, you know, that, you know, you, we can sometime be in uniform and take things for granted. And we can say that, man, I go to the squadron, nobody knows who I am, and we're not connected, which may be to our standard correct. But in the corporate world, the corner where you go, man, that it's, it's business, 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 man. The, the, you, know, it's, you know, people have little time to really make those connections the way I have made connections and we have made connections in the military. So the biggest thing I can tell you that's different is it's driven by different motives, right? Um both motives are mission-driven, but one is more of a financial driven that you know people come and go based on their needs, and and the military is more of a you know holistic, you know, entity that people kind of move in the same direction. And that's that's just that's just not the, the same in the corporate world. So what I will tell you is. No, people will always thank you for your, I'll end with this. Everyone in the corporate world is always gonna thank you for your service. They're not gonna wanna really, um, you know, after thank you for your service. And and after that, it's about business. So whatever you did in the military, be proud of that. Take that and take those characteristics and that character traits that we taught you into corporate America. But again, all of those character traits will absolutely not play out in corporate america you cannot be the same person all the time according to what sector you're in in military i have to be more patient i have to be extremely more patient i can't walk into a corporate uh room expecting people to look at me as a command chief where people are listening to me for different reasons than they're listening to me now when you're in uniform and you're Authority-driven, then people tend to react to your authority. In the corporate world, they're not necessarily all the time reacting to your authority. So,
1: so, so to your point, though, um, we're in different parts of our career. As far as the the den and everyone that's watching right now, those are that's still in. But what would you say about, or maybe you hit on it, as far as your patience? But for me, I think my struggle would be. My tolerance level and because of my standards has been so high for the last, you know, 20 odd years yeah. that now I have to operate in an environment that's so, in my mind, subpar, right? And but then that subpar is, in to everyone else's opinion, the standard and a good and a high standard. So, what do you think about that?
5: So, you know, I would I would say caution and think that every situation. So that's a great point, Seth. When you walk into a, you have to lower your, you, it's not to lower your expectation. You have to open your mind. So it's not really a subpar culture. I always tell people it's just a different culture. And it's absolutely no different than the military, right? AFSCs in the United States Air Force are driven by culture. We, we, we absolutely can say that. If you are this versus this versus this, there's some subcultures in these AFSDs. I look at corporate America as just another subculture in in, in the world that we live in. What you have to understand is that um, people's motivation is different sometimes, and it's different, you know, same thing. People's motivation is different. People's in-state is different. People um, have to rely on, you know, I work with a company that has to make goals every quarter unless they won't be open in a year. That's not something that I had to traditionally worry about in the military. I didn't worry about as a as a command chief if this quarter, if Air University didn't make this goal, that we may be shut down at the end of the year. So, you know, how I didn't work an extra ten or twelve hours or thirteen hours, you know, um, you know, for a quarter to try to make gold and try to make sales. And I, you know, that's not that wasn't the way I was doing things in the military because we work toward a goal, sometimes our goal is spread out because we have the benefit of spreading our goals out over a year or two. But in corporate America, some, you just gotta understand before you walk through the door of any job, and we say corporate America, it can be all the way down to an entry level job. You have to know what the motivation of that company is. What is the motivation of this company every quarter, every year, What you know? what is my manager's motivation? How do my manager live? How do they make their money? How do they make their bonus? You need to know what their motivations are. We don't we don't traditionally grow up that way. Right. You got a chief. You got squad commander. They give you goals. They give you objectives. We go about our business. But you really need to know what the pressure of your middle management is. You need to know what the pressure of your upper management is. You need to know what the overall goals of the company is, because you play a role in it that, that may be something that you are not used to. So you just need to you just need to understand that.
1: All right. Well, look, that's a good one. Hey, so we got a question from Herm. What you got, Herm?
3: Hey Todd, question for you, real quick. Um, the Courageous Leadership Alliance. What is the mission of of this company's program? Um, so, what is it exactly? So
5: it's a oh yeah. So leadership development company. So so I named my you know Seth. I, I look at Seth one day uh, and he and he had his uh, you know this show that you guys are doing called Alliance, and I'm like, I had something in my notebook called Alliance. Did
1: ah. <laughs> hey, so I want everybody to know that's on the record, right? <laughs>
5: I'm like okay, 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 all right. So you know, so our our logos are
1: similar. You know, I'm like okay. You got sweaters. <laughs> Workout gear. That's what I'm. About. Hey, you that's got about. you got some num num <laughs> juice holders. <laughs> but go ahead.
5: So so you know so courageous leadership alliance. When I thought about the name, you know, courageous. You know what we what we're talking about over this last thirty minutes is. I believe in bold leadership, man, bold, unapologetic, passionate leadership, which means you go out there and you lead head first and you do the right things. You lead from the heart. You become an empathetic leader. You become a vulnerable leader. You become somebody who's connected. And, you know, so that's where the courageous piece came in. And the alliance piece is just who I believe as a person that you don't get any place alone. That's my that's my number one thing in life. I didn't make anything. I didn't do anything in my life alone. I credit my wife for helping me get here. I credit so many supervisors for helping me get here. I, help, I credit my kids. I credit every person that I've ever, ever got something from for helping me. So the Alliance piece is what my business is around, It's partnering with people who are going again in my direction to partner with, to go that direction. So what is that leadership um, development company that focus on organizational culture, resiliency, um, you know, team building, you know all of those different umbrellas uh anything under that umbrella so doing a lot of traveling working with corporate coaching so a lot of you know what i've been doing with these two companies is trying to assess organizational culture from the middle and upper management how do you like like we were talking about how do you effectively implement you know management strategies of connectedness and empathy and all of these different things where you can see what's the again i actually what's the bottom line right how does the leader in corporate America take these principles and implement them where their workers want to come through the door every day and feel connected to your organization, which, which in turn increases productivity, which productivity increases profitability. So that's kind of where we're at with that piece. In the military side, work with the military, it's about growing an army of people who understand that empathetic leadership will decrease the suicide rate, will increase people's Um, ability to want to stay around in the military and just all around make people, um, want to serve in a way that we can look back at the end. Every single person who looks back at their career go, I felt something. So it's about teaching people to lead with their heart, where people who you lead, feel something, man, that they feel that you care. They feel that the organization cares. They know that they care because we, and I, I understand we do a lot of things. That for uh, for folks, but I tell people that at the end of the day, buying people verides or buying people a new dormitory or opening up a new building has instant gratification that will wear off in about ninety days mm-hmm. or six months. That's right. But making, but making somebody feel like they're a superhero, like they're valued, like they're somebody, man, that don't wear off ever. That they that that they take that to their grave. That's right. We all can come up with one name right now. Somebody who's affected our life, Sergeant so and so, Airman so and so, Mister Mister so and so from the neighborhood, Miss Miss Jane from the hood, and we can always go to those people. and in the, the emotion that you account with is how they made you feel. That's right. Teach leaders to make people feel a certain way, because that's a lifetime gift you can give someone.
1: Okay, well, listen, brother, we got the uh, we got another question, but from Will.
5: Twenty-five years in the service,
4: dedication. First, want to say thank you for your service. The next thing is, as almost a nineteen-year master, start to have discussions as how do you determine what your financial worth is once you transition from the military when you transition to that civilian sector? How do you know what your worth is? Because a lot of people go to just do the job versus having a mindset to leverage the leadership skills given and talk to us. To manage that job, the equipment, the
5: process, et cetera, what can you offer up? Man, that's a great, that is, well, that's a great question, man. And that's something that I honestly pro bono coach a lot of people about because you're worth as much as you think you're worth, you know? And, and I tell people, you know, maybe 20 years ago, you know, that, the, you know, maybe 20 years ago, you know, we would have been considered, um, a blue collar type workforce, where we would have, you know, primarily went out and got some of the jobs um, in that in that workforce, where we wouldn't have looked up to middle manager. You even didn't see a lot of chiefs 20 years uh, ago that really would shoot for those. Middle. And I will tell you, um, today I know chiefs, uh, mass, I know master sergeants who have retired, and I know um, a staff sergeant of mine who got out as a tech school instructor, went back to school, and is doing extremely well for himself in a, comp- in, a in a major corporation. What I'm saying is you've got to value yourself first, right? Um, I was just the Air University Command Chief. I will tell you, I used to see the stats all the time. Man, what, we got uh, um, seven, the last time I saw it, it was almost 8,000 technical sergeants in the Air Force with a degree, with a bachelor's degree, right? So the, 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 work, the workforce is a little bit different now where, you know, you as an enlist, and, I'm, and this is my officer bachelor, my wife was an officer, she went downstairs. Um, But what you have that you don't value enough is the fact that you have the technical and the leadership skills in one. And how you carry yourself, how you present yourself, how you, um, so this is something I always try to tell senior NCOs. Yes, we advise officers and it's in our little book and we do these things. But, but don't ever, ever um, discredit what you bring to the table beyond just advising somebody man, you have, you've led thousands of people. You said you've been in 19 years. You've led tons of people at this time, at this point. You have, you have, uh, you've made mistakes, you've done great things. It's how you leverage that when you're talking to an employer. I will tell you, I had no issue. I know plenty of people who retired, mass masterminds who have no issue getting into the job market because of your technical and leadership expertise. So you have to know your value, you have to do the work. So when I talk about transition, so I'll ask you this, Will. Have you been to TAPS yet? Yes, sir. Okay. So I will tell you the biggest thing I tell people. Transition is a career mindset. What I mean by that is you don't start transition at 19 years in. You start transition at two years in. That sounds crazy, right? So so I, I tell people all the time, look, right now we have a great um, – Assets, assets out there, we got all of these organizations like Centurion Military Alliance, Hire Your Heroes, you know, these big job fairs and stuff. I don't push people to those job fairs to say, I want you to get out of the Air Force. You came in when you were 18. There's no way you're going to go 22 years in the Air Force without ever assessing your worth in the civilian sector and then in the in of 22 years have a great um, cognitive um, kind of interpretation of what the sector wants from you so you should always be trying to look at, when you're talking about evaluating your worth, what's your worth when you were at 10 years? So you can know the things that you gotta build upon when you get to 15. Then go check out what's your worth at 15. Okay, man, I'm, I'm falling a little short. I'm falling a little short. Now I need to kind of build, that's what I did. All right. I know, like I said, I was transitioning for 17 years, man. I know I wanted to stay in the Air Force at some point and make it a career, but I knew this career would be over. And right. I knew when this career was over, I needed to have something else that I already was steeped in. So so right now teaching on, on the college level is all about experience, right? All about experience. So if I wanted to wait till 25 years, cause that's something I always wanted to do is go be, be a, a, a teacher, right? An instructor, a professor. If I waited 25 years to get into that game, I'll be well behind my, my peers. Mm-hmm. I started teaching as a tech surgeon. So now when I retire as a, te- a chief master surgeon. For 25 years i got 13 years of teaching experience
1: you see what i'm saying well, this is the math. I'm,
5: <laughs> I'm, I'm already in line and surpassed some of my peers who didn't wear the uniform so when i apply for an adjunct professor job at a university i don't have a problem getting um a job because i have two important things like i said you have leadership and experience in the military and i have experience teaching for 13 years so you bring that all together I've already did some of the things in Homeland Security that they're talking about. I've already did some of the things in criminal justice that they're talking about. And not only have I done them, I've taught them for 13 years to thousands of students. So what's your two loves? So transition is a career long thing. So you know, knowing your worth isn't about being in 19 years. Knowing your worth is probably, I will tell you when somebody should get serious about knowing their worth is probably the nine year mark.
1: Mm-hmm. Because you
5: are, you probably probably committed at that point to retiring, but you should spend the next 11 years understanding how you need to be as both a, a non-commissioned senior, non-commissioned officer, and how do you become a U.S. A citizen again in a job market. So that's just my humble opinion. I can tell you that it gave me options when I retired because I've always built those building blocks over 15, 17 years.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen. We got a yeah. That's that's on point, brother. Well, listen. We got a question from Larry. What you got, Larry? Hey, Chief.
2: Good stuff. I'm referencing back to your book again, and I'm gonna talk about something you mentioned in your book. And you talked about leading when it's most difficult, and you think about the time we're in right now, where we got leaders across the globe, not just military, but wherever you're at, as in a leadership position. What is your message to those folks that are leading when it's difficult versus when it's you know peacetime and everything is hunky-dory? What about this time now, and we're this is where true leadership really shows. I think. What's your What's your message to
5: those? Wow, you just you just said it, man. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what the crisis is. It doesn't matter if it's war. It doesn't matter if it's a pandemic. It doesn't matter if it's a tornado. It doesn't matter what the crisis is. Leaders emerge in crisis. And so those in leadership positions or in, in, in times of what you would say are relatively calm and norm, you know, I won't say that's easy because, you know, leading is hard every day. I don't care how calm or normal you think it is. It's, it's very difficult to be a leader at any level. Um, even a staff sergeant leading six troops is very difficult. I've been there. But I will tell you, during a crisis, True leadership rises to the occasion, and if you go back, if we're talking in a military terminology, you know those who have been in conflict at times of life, limb risk. I mean, we we read about these heroes, right? Our Medal of Honor, our Silver Star, people, ordinary guys who showed in, girls who showed up that morning to just do the job. They were already good leaders, and in an instant, they step up beyond what everybody is willing to step up to do because it's needed. And right now, it's no different than any other time. This pandemic is identifying those people who are in position of leadership, and it's identifying those ones who are willing to step up a little bit farther than others. And it's just obvious. And 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 this is is gonna go on for the rest of human existence. So what I would tell people now is that, look, your normal, is is not the same as it was 30 days ago. You absolutely have to find ways to step beyond what your comfort zone was 30 days ago. Because the consequence of that is, they are watching you
1: oh that's mm-hmm. deep that's deep brother hey, see, so I, now look I understand that you know with the social distances we can't go to church but you just went to church there because he dropping those Jews hey so we got a question from Herm and we're going we gonna to wrap it up here shortly but we want to get this question in what you got Herm
3: hey so you know a lot of us always say that you know we don't ever regret mistakes because we learn from our mistakes right but one of the things about learning from our mistakes is to pass it on to other people so they also learn from our mistakes. So throughout your career, if there's something that you learned from a mistake that you made, what would you like to pass on to our listeners and even to us on the on the, uh, on the cast about a mistake you learned through a mistake that I mean, a uh, lesson you learned through the mistakes you've made.
5: Man, that's a great question, Herman, and I'll be uh, real honest with you, man, and that, you know, this brings up a more recent issue um that I'll just talk to you about real fast is, you know, and uh, I talked about it another podcast here recently, is that, you know, we all, you know, I just ended, I just ended that statement and say they are watching. And, and, I, and as a leader at all levels, they're always watching. The mistake I made, I went through a, a portion of my career um, where, you know, I may, I may have been suffering from some personal things that I didn't get help with quick enough, and it came out in my leadership. And I remember one, one particular time that I did not even know I did this and, and, and I'll just tell you uh, how important it is. You know, like I say, I teach you all this stuff, but I can fall also, and you gotta own the mistakes. I'm glad you asked, you asked this question. There was a particular airman who um, was under investigation for a year. And for, uh, you know, one two, what you and he ended up getting cleared after a year. And he ended up doing some things that I perceived that probably weren't in, in line with the standards after this whole thing happened. So my last encounter with this airman I did what with, um, with I was with, extremely embarrassed to do. And at the time, I thought I was giving that tough love. Like I just said earlier, tough love is tough as long as it's treating people like humans and being empathetic. But I gave him some of that old school tough love. And I was, you know, thought I was like trying to snap this young man back into, you know, hey, you need to, you need to. And that was the last encounter I had with him. And that was 2013. 2013. Do you know that Airman uh, uh, I am me on Facebook, who's now an NC on the United States Air Force, um, about two weeks ago, and he asked could he make contact with me, and I said absolutely, and we talked on the phone for about an hour and a half, two hours, and that conversation was that conversation I had with that Airman before he left, and the conversation he took it such to heart, till he blamed me for. Um, wanting to harm, went on to commit suicide later. Wow. And I said, and but he wanted to call me and said that wasn't. It was. It wasn't. He wanted to let me know that that wasn't the reason why. And he wanted to reach out to me for years to know the, the, to to basically say, hey, I just want to talk to you about how you felt that day when you were talking that we had this encounter and other encounters. And the reason why I can own that on here is that we make mistakes. And we we do. And as leaders, you gotta own it. And even when you think you're doing the right thing, it can be the wrong thing. And I tell you that that airman, the reason why I can tell you that in public is because, man, what a what a defining moment for me, you know, only a month or so after I'm off a of terminal terminal leave and that this airman now technical sergeant wants to reach out to me and we had a great conversation. That he said, hey, I, you know, I see things differently than the kid I was when I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And I just want to close the loop with you now. And
1: but you know what? It, yeah, that, that that takes a lot of uh, humility. That takes a lot of humility.
5: But it took a lot of, I mean, it takes a lot for me to go back and say, you know what? Even though, you know, you know I could have easily said, well, I just told him like it is. No, you know what? I shouldn't have talked to that young man like that because I've never talked to anybody like that since or before. I mean, it was just such an emotionally in charge moment that I felt like he just was, you know, I knew this young man before he came in the military. So it was some personal connection there. And I felt like almost I failed him to a point um, where, I, I, you know, I couldn't get him back. Right. So here he is, just got out of trouble. And I think he's about to get into more trouble. And, and I, and I think he, uh, I just it just was a bad situation that in my mind the last eight years I didn't see it as a bad situation. I saw, oh, you know, I I probably shouldn't have talked to him like that and I chewed his butt. But I didn't know how it greatly affected him. Mm. And that's why I go back to how you deal with people has a lifetime consequence, man. Okay. What What a lesson for me.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, that, that's real, and I can appreciate that, and I'm sure our listeners can appreciate that, too. Not just that, though. We have individuals that's on Facebook, and guys, I, I see the questions, and we want to get to them, and we are pressed for time, but this is some real good stuff, right? So, hey, if y'all live right now, just do me a favor and put your uh, your area code up so we so the chief and I and everybody can see where you're coming in and where you're tuning in. Hey, so, chief, we got a question from L. Boogie. That's the chief down there, all right? in San Antonio he getting it in so he says what was the most challenging alright that was challenging moment in your uh, in uniform while in uniform
5: most challenging moment in uniform Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, 2 March 2011 Hmm. Okay. Wow. Two,
5: 2 March 2011 I was a senior master sergeant for 24 hours and I was um, a lot of my leadership was out of pocket so my, uh, yeah, my uh, commander was on a crew uh, on regular leave, and my chief was deployed, and my senior master sergeant that was over me was deployed, and we deployed 15 airmen that morning, and it was the Frankfurt uh, International Airport attack, and we lost the moon. Oh, wow. And, and as a 24-hour senior master sergeant, I was expected and needed to lead that squadron in that day. So that was my toughest day in uniform that I had to rise to the occasion for 350 people. But we go back to just 24 hours before that I was a master sergeant thinking everything was great and that I was just going to get a great EPR bullet to say that I was the acting chief. Wow. So now, now I got to go from, Oh man, you know, I'm filling a seat to your artist seat. So yeah. that was the tough day because it wasn't, it wasn't even, you know, it wasn't that day. It was that entire year. You know, because that day happened, and then the rest of the year, we have to take care of these airmen. We have to take care of these airmen's families. We have to take care of, you know, the things that come after this—the the mental health issues, the the stress, the the redeploying other people after that. So, toughest day I had in uniform, two March twenty eleven, by far.
1: Wow, 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 whoa! Team, yeah, that is that is. Well, listen, hey, I want to say thank you right thank you thank you thank you thank you from the lions den i want to thank you from everyone all the area Did you see the numbers popping up look you, you got your fans over there we down in san antonio all right we're down in the loo of course and we have an eight hey, langley okay hey look at germany getting it in i see you germany all right three three four where that's that don't matter i see you let's get it in okay all right, and look, we do appreciate it, but hey, so we any final words from the Lions? Then, what y'all got for the Chief?
2: Hey, for me, great show. I appreciate you coming on to us and dropping those jewels, that knowledge. We seek it each and every single day, and this is kind of the platform for this. And we appreciate people like you that that come on and actually, you know, be authentic and transparent This is what we need. This is what we want. So, I appreciate you, Chief. Yeah, oh, thanks,
4: man. Thanks for the questions
1: no doubt no doubt what you got will
4: i'm gonna say chief honestly now that you retired but you're able to come back and give back and drop this well needed information that i only hope that leaders aren't doing such a great job listening to the information that you're providing because they need it more so than not um, thank you for sharing your experiences, your perspective, and just dropping this information down. But hey, that that transformational, inspirational leadership that you provided is greatly appreciated.
3: But keep doing what you're doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Thanks for being on the show.
1: Right on. Hey, what you got, Herm?
3: Hey, so for me personally, I want to thank you, and um, you're part of you're part of this, the new wave of chiefs that really embrace what social media means. And how you can affect, you know what I'm saying, other, other airmen, other people inside of the Air Force. Y'all really reached out. You know, I'm part of your, your other page. Y'all really reached out to make sure y'all connected with us at every level through social media. And I appreciate the way y'all changed the perspective on how social media is viewed and how it can be a useful tool if used correctly. Thank you. Thank you for everything you've done for the Air Force.
1: Okay. Absolutely. Hey, hey, uh oh. All right, there you go. I keep hitting the wrong button. Hey, Chief, we got one last question. Um, so she had a question asking if your book was available on Audible, or I guess audio, and the last one was uh, also what pa- podcast are you listening to?
5: Oh, I see. Kim down they're going to put me on the spot. Well, mm-hmm. so, you know, you know um, I haven't been listening to any podcast probably, honestly, the last month or so. I've been kind of busy on like 15 other things, but – um, there's a there. There are a lot of there are a lot of podcasts, great podcasts out there. Uh, yeah, I can't think of when I've been trying to get up on my reading. I've been um, reading reading a lot of rereading a lot of things here lately. But podcast wise, Kim, I tell you what, I know who Kim is. I will go through my uh, Spotify and I will I will see hold my- on. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Hold on. Wait, wait. Hold on. Wait. Wait, wait <laughs> a minute. Wait a minute, Kim. What up? check it out you what you're not gonna do is get on the lions then and try to get a shameless plug from the chief no 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 what i need you to do is get we ain't gonna do that we ain't gonna do that Hey, we too classy, right? But no, anyway. But look, shout out to y'all. Shout out to everybody. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't need it. Don't do it.
0: No. <laughs> no.
1: Hey man, listen. Look. Look. Check this out. you already took the logo. You took everything else. No, don't do it now. I'm joking. Hey, but listen. Hey, but listen. Everybody, we want to thank y'all. But seriously though, Chief. Hey, you got it in, brother. We. This was official. Seriously, this really was, man. Thank you for taking the time out and and, and thank you for 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 getting it in, you know, and, and sharing your thoughts and being not just courageous, but part of that being courageous is being authentic. You know what I mean? And and it seemed as though that you were able to do it while you were in and the transition was smooth because you didn't change you feel me you didn't change everything that heard that i heard about you uh prior to then has been nothing but authentic and so what i can appreciate is that it wasn't about what you said about you it was about what other people said about you that matters and that's what i listened to you get what i'm saying so i do appreciate you seriously brother it's, it's been a very very great experience okay and everybody that's tuned in right now that's on the live y'all stay tuned because we're getting ready to end the podcast everybody that's on the podcast make sure y'all subscribe and you listen to it we're on every every major podcast platform all right and we are close to four thousand people right that's following and and everything so it's great stuff but catch us wednesday all right coming up wednesday we're gonna have the corona file stay tuned thank y'all for tuning in
0: we hope you enjoyed today's show Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking, on Amazon, or www.TheBlackCollarMindset.com, a manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.